Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. So it is week five of our fall series, and I know that um, today is um, county schools fall break, so I know some people are watching online, so I want to say good morning to those people, but it's week five of a conversation that we've been having of what life can be lived like and experienced like when we say, Holy Spirit, I want you to do a a work in me. That that I hope by now we realize that, that that our life is limited so much when we decide to do things in our own strength. And so we've been talking about every week about the spiritual traits that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. And these teachings have come from Galatians chapter 5, right? We've been talking about the freedom that Jesus has wanted us to experience in him. But we've also been talking about this doesn't happen by accident. We've been talking about in order to live in this freedom, we've got some choices to make. To live in this freedom, we've got to decide are we going to live life in the flesh or are we going to live life in the spirit? That it's kind of a this or that decision. And that's why we've called this series This or That because we have a choice to make. Now, speaking of this or that, if you're with us last week, I decided to kind of start our message in a different way. I decided to let the this or that game kind of breathe a little bit, you know, take a break from it. You know what I got? I walk out after the service and I talk to some of the people in the hallway. They're like, Scott, what's up with no this or that? I came ready for some this or that. You didn't give it to me. And I got thinking, I got to make the people happy. You know, like I always got to make the people happy. It can't disappoint. So before we continue today, I got to do some this or that's again. Okay, so you ready? This or that, just like the social media game, whether you're online or you're in the room, this or that, you got to choose. And how we do it in the room is we raise our hands. Okay, so this or that. You're going on a trip or you're just driving around town. And some people like to be the passengers and some people like to be the drivers. You gotta choose this or that. Who are my passengers? I just, I prefer to be a passenger. Okay, cool. All right, who are my drivers? Okay, all right, it, it's, it's a little split, maybe a little more drivers, okay. You're going to, a va- on a vacation again, let's say. Many people like to go to the beach, but the beach is not the only thing that we can enjoy when we're on vacation. Sometimes people prefer the pool. Some people walk, walk down and get their feet dirty in the sand, and other people are like, no thanks, I want the pool. And so just as I'm wondering this morning, who are my pool people? I, I prefer the pool over the beach. I knew there'd be some people, yeah. All right, who are my beach people? All right, and you're passionate about the beach, I get it, okay. So you got the pool people, you got the beach people, let's see. The next one, oh, oh yeah, you're gonna watch a movie. It's a Friday night, you're like, ah, it's been a long week. Just wanna relax, maybe get under a blanket. Got to watch a movie, and some people are the, the comedy people, right? I need to laugh. Some people are the drama people. I need to cry, right? Who are my drama people? Who of you like drama? All right. Who are my comedy people? I mean, this is good. Like, we're just split down the middle. Okay, last one. Today, 
this may not mean a whole lot to you, but you're going to respect your pastor and his heritage. Today is Canadian Thanksgiving. Did you know that? Today is Canadian Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving, you got to choose, right? Some people the turkey people. Some people the ham people. Who are my turkey people? Okay, who are the right people with ham? Yeah, come on. Okay. This or that. Now listen, you may wonder, like Scott, like do we really need to do this on Sunday morning, right? Do we need to do this on Sunday and play silly this or that game? But this is what I'm wondering, is maybe by just doing this, where you have to choose this or that, it reminds us again of the reality that we have choices to make in our lives, yeah? That we can't have it both ways. We have to decide the life that we're going to live, and then we reap what is produced from those decisions. And so, that being said, let's go to our next Galatians chapter 5, fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, where it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace. We've been there. Now today, patience. Patience. Paul is telling the church in Galatia, he's telling us that one of the things that Jesus wants to grow, God wants to grow, the Holy Spirit wants to work and develop in us is patience. And let me tell you this, this is a tough one, isn't it? This is a tough one. And I'm going to be honest with you, this one hit me really hard this week. And it got me thinking about something. Y'all have it really easy. Y'all get to sit there and just bear with me for 30 or 35 minutes. Wrestle with the text a little bit. I've got to live in this thing all week long. And I'm telling you, this hit me hard all week long from many different aspects that in the reality of my life is I'm not as patient as I like to think I am. I'm not that patient of a guy. And I'm wondering this morning, I've got to gauge my audience you've had this figured out by show of hands how many of you have this patience thing figured out I'm just wondering if I got an audience of people who can look at life or look at themselves the way I look at myself and say I really struggle with this idea of patience that I don't think we do have this together I think we can look at so many areas of our lives and say, I see a lack of patience in my life. I see a lack of patience in my life in simple things like driving. You know you've got lack of patience. I see a lack of patience um, at work. I see a lack of patience in, in waiting in lines. I see a lack of patience in finances. I see a lack of patience in my parenting. I see a lack of patience, my goodness, like even online. I saw something this week, and it's a statistic that surprised me. You know when you go online and you click on a video? You've done that before. You click on a video, and it does what it says it's buffering, right? Do you know that I read this week? That when you click on a video, the analytics tells us that if that video doesn't load in two seconds, it says 50% of the people who clicked have moved on. Do you know that? That surprised me. That if you click on the video and you have to wait five seconds, another 25% of people move on. If you click on the video and you have to wait 10 seconds, it says only 20% of the people will stay and wait for that video. It got me thinking. Like, I don't know what category you fit in, 
But 20% of the people, one-fifth of the people who click on a video that you wanted to watch will stay if it doesn't buffer within 10 seconds. And so I ask myself, what does that say about us as people? I think what it says is the, as the Spirit wants to develop patience in us, what is really developing is a spirit or a habit of impatience. And I think we live life with one major principle. I want convenience and I want ease. You know, forget online. Think of all the ways that we want things the quickest and the easiest. I was thinking about this week that I love grocery pickup. Do you like grocery pickup? It's changed life. You don't have to walk all the way, line by line by line, pushing the cart. But how many times when you go pick up groceries and you're waiting for them and 20 minutes pass and you're like, I have to wait 20 minutes? Well, imagine what it would have been like if you're in the store. We want quick, we want convenient. I remember when Amazon came out. Do you remember Amazon came out? It was like, oh my goodness. I can just click it. I don't have to go anywhere and it comes to me. And then the day my mind is blown that I could get it in two days with Amazon Prime. Do you remember the beauty of this? But then I look at life right now and I'm like, Amazon Prime's not even good enough. We're pushing for Amazon now, which do you have ever had that before? We're talking two hours. This is what the demand is in culture. We do this with entertainment. I remember TV, uh, Diva, uh, TiVo and DVR, when, when it came out, it was like, sweet, I don't have to watch commercials, I don't have to wait, I can just record and watch it at my own convenience. And it changed how we view TV, right? Like maybe you guys have been cut the cord type of people. Where now you got Netflix, and you got Hulu, and you got Amazon Prime, you got Paramount, you got Peacock, you've got all of these places because we want entertainment how we want it, when we want it. We begin to live life with expectations that say, if I want it, I can click it and I can have it. Why do I have to wait? And we've become so accustomed to this. We don't even think this is a big deal. It's just who we are in culture. Why shouldn't I expect this? But for me, I told you God spoke to me in a big way this week. It kind of drilled something into my spirit. God kind of hammered me about something. He says, Scott, if this is how you live every day, what makes you think you can just flip a switch when it comes to your spiritual life? What makes you think that you will change when it comes to how you view God? Because what we end up doing is we end up treating our spiritual life with a desire for it to be as convenient as everything else. Isn't that true? And when our spiritual life doesn't end up being convenient and quick, we get frustrated. And when we get frustrated, we begin to look elsewhere for things to solve our problems. And so I asked myself a question this week that I want to ask you. Is there any chance that our addiction to convenience destroys our ability to follow Jesus. Is there any chance that our addiction to convenience destroys our ability to follow Jesus? And when this thought crossed my mind, God hit me with something again. And it had to do with something that I teach on Sundays. We've been looking at in the series John 15, right? I want to remind you, John 15, 4 says, remain in me, Jesus' words, remain in me as I also remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, in the past, I've compared this scripture to plugging your phone into an outlet. We needed to be plugged into the God as our power source for life, and I get why I did. I, I get why other pastors do, because we desperately want our people to see God as where we get our power, but there's a problem, because on the surface, it works. But God said this week, he says, Scott, when we think of remaining in Jesus that way, there's a non-spoken ex expectation that says our relationship with God works like electricity. But it doesn't. I mean, when you plug your phone in, what happens? Instantaneously, you get the results you want that the, that the phone begins to charge, right? And we like it so much that now we buy chargers that we hope will charge our phone in 30 minutes or less. Well, when we think of God as a power source in this way, the unspoken expectation becomes, well, if I just go to God, I can get what I need in 30 minutes or less. I'll get from God what I need and I'll go back to life. So what we do is, tell me if this is true, what we do is then we begin to pray. We pray for a few days. We begin to read our Bible for a few days. We begin to go to church for a few weeks. We begin to do the Jesus thing, but then something happens. We don't always get that instant jolt of energy. We don't always get that instant you know, electricity jolt for our solutions in life. And then we get confused. Why does it work this way? The rest of my life works this way. We get impatient, we don't know how to wait. So we move on and we try something else. The problem with this whole analogy is in John 15, Jesus does not say, come to me and you'll get your results quickly. He doesn't say, come plug into me and get an instant recharging and answers you need from life. He says, remain in me and what's his analogy? fruit. His analogy is fruit, and fruit doesn't grow overnight. And so what we end up doing is we end up missing out on everything Jesus wants for us because we read scripture from our cultural context, and it's a trap. See, Jesus wants to produce and develop patience in us. He always has and he always will. The problem is it doesn't happen the way we exactly want it to happen. See, patience has been a concept, not just Paul teaching in Galatians. Patience has been a concept all through Scripture. And I began to think, how did patience work out in Scripture? How did it play out in people's lives? And I began to think of people that God used or did big things in and through. And I began to think of, 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 of Noah. I began to think of Abraham. I began to think of Joseph. And, and I thought of David. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I thought of David. 
See, when we look at these people's lives, what I see is Noah. Noah was given a command, right? What's his command? Build an ark. We know Noah's story, but how long did it take for Noah to experience the reason that God told him to build an ark? Do you know? A hundred years or more? We know the story of Noah, but we, we forget the amount of patience and waiting that Noah had to go through. We think of Abraham. Abraham received a promise, right? He received a promise that he'd be a dad. He'd be a dad and his, his, his descendants would be countless. How many years did Abraham have to wait before he saw God complete in the way that God wanted to do it in his life? 25 years. I think of Joseph. Joseph was given a vision of how his influence was going to play out in life. But how many years did Joseph have to wait? 13 years. 13 years he has to learn to be patient and wait. David. David is given an anointing by God to be the king over Israel. How many years did he have to wait before that would come to fruition? 15 plus years? He had to learn to be, to, how to be patient and how to wait. These people, we know their stories. We see the beginning, we see the end, but we forget the middle. I mean, look at it this way. Noah was given a command. Abraham was given a promise. Joseph was given a vision. David was given an anointing. But none of the outcomes were seen quickly. This is the story of God and patience. This is the story of God and his people. These people that we know so well, these people we look up to, these people we look at them and go, look what God did in their life, but we forget the in-between, that they had to learn to wait, they had to learn to be patient. But what has to happen when we look at these people's lives? We have to look and say, why did it have to happen this way? And I think the answer is pretty simple. God had to do a work in them before he could do a work through them. When you look at their stories, God had to do a work in them before he could do a work through them. And God had something for their lives. And I want you to make sure you remember this. God always has something for her, our lives. He is always thinking of us. We never have to doubt that. But in order... To, to live out his plans for them. The timing or the preparation had to be precise in their lives. Which is something that we, I think, know, but we have to be reminded about, is that God's timing is always purposeful, is always precise, and it always is perfect. When I look at their lives, when I look at the story of God's life, God's work in my life, I know that God's timing is always purposeful, is always precise, and is always perfect. Think about their stories. Think about your own life. What if God had to prepare them 
What if the reason they had to wait was because he had to help them learn valuable lessons? What if they needed to learn to trust him deeply? And what if that was the whole purpose for these long waits in their lives? That without learning how to trust him deeply, they couldn't handle the pressure or the plan that they were going to have to live out later in their lives. What if God had to prepare them by precisely developing a character in their life that wasn't developed yet? What if his timing What if the timing wasn't right by these people? And under their own timing, they would have crumbled and been destroyed because the timing wasn't right for them. When I look at their stories, it encourages me that maybe God knows something that I don't know. And I know that in my mind, but emotionally, every day when I'm going through something, I have to remind myself that God's timing is much more perfect. God's timing is much more precise. God's timing is much more purposeful than mine. Because if I asked you what timing was perfect, what would your answer be? Our answer to the right timing is always now. When we think about what we want, what we need, the timing we would say that is perfect is always right now. But maybe God's timing, maybe his plan, maybe what he has for us only exposes how we don't see the bigger picture. Maybe how God plays out things shows us that we don't know as much as we think we know about life. And maybe what's actually happening is God's grace is protecting us in life. Maybe our waiting period is actually a protection and we don't see it that way and our need for perspective change has to happen. That what we view as pain in the waiting is often protection in the waiting. Have you ever experienced this? Have you ever looked back at your life and you felt like the waiting was such a painful period, but when you look back at the situation, you're like, God, you are just protecting me. That my pain in the waiting was actually protection in the waiting. And I think God's protection is very real, and I think he takes this very seriously. I think that God is at work in our lives and he wants to use us as part of the plan. He wants to include us as part of the plan. But we have to learn to wait and be patient. I think this is what Paul is talking about. The Holy Spirit wants to develop in us. That of all the things that he says the Holy Spirit needs to do, patience is part of it. Because I think sometimes if we don't learn patience, we miss out on what God actually has for us. And I say that because I was reminded this week of a story in 1 Samuel, okay? 1 Samuel is a story about the prophet Samuel who speaks an anointing over a guy named Saul. He speaks an anointing over the king of Israel, Saul. And as he speaks this anointing over him, he gives Saul some directions. And what he does is he tells Saul, here, this is how I want your leadership to be played out. And in seven days, I'm going to meet you in Gilgal. 
And on those, that seventh day, we're going to bring our burnt offerings and we're going to bring them to God as we're about to go into battle. And he sends them off. So this is what Saul does. Saul takes 3,000 men. He puts 2,000 in one place. He puts 1,000 people in another place. And he begins to wait. He begins to wait as they prepare for their battle with the Philistines. The Philistines start hearing this. They start seeing this. So they see the work of the battle. So they start preparing. They start pushing back. And what happens is, is the people in the military, the, the, the army, they start hiding in caves. They go across the, the river. They go other places because starting to feel nervous. They starting to feel like, oh no, what's happening? And it was the seventh day, Saul looks around and he feels very insecure. Saul feels very emotional, very fearful, very anxious because he feels like he's losing the military. And so what he does is he sends one of his leaders to go and get the burnt offerings and he then offers them to God on that seventh day. He wakes up on the seventh day and Samuel isn't there yet. So he decides the time has come. Samuel's not here. I'm going to go ahead and do this because I feel like I'm losing the military. And let me tell you what happens. 1 Samuel 13, verse 11, it says, What have you done? Said, asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, well, now the Philistines will come against me in Gilgal and I've not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Samuel didn't show up at the exact time that Saul thought he should have. Right after he does the burnt offering to God, Samuel comes and brings the correction. And he says, you've done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, David, we already talked about him, and appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Listen, as I read the story, I don't know why God had Samuel tell um, Saul these words. I don't know why that was the game plan. All I know is I read the story that God had a plan. God was at work. His timing was purposeful, his timing was precise, and his timing was perfect. I may not know all the whys, all I know is he used Samuel to speak into his life, and Saul failed to wait the way God called him as a leader over Israel to wait. uh, Saul fell short in his patience, and what happened? He missed out on what God had for him. I began to think about this story. I began to think all that Saul missed out on because he wasn't patient, because he wouldn't wait on the Lord to do the work that Samuel said he was going to do. I think about how his life would be different and I began to think, you know what? I'm not convinced actually what Saul was short on was patience. I actually think what he was short on 
was trust. That we read this story and say, how could you not be patient enough to wait on Samuel so you could have all that God has? But the problem wasn't patience, the problem was trust. Because when we lack patience, when we lack trust, we take life into our own hands, don't we? When we lack trust, we run through life worried. And when we run through life worried, it changes how we live at work. It changes how we live at home. It changes how we live with people. It changes how we view money. It changes how we view our future. And what we think on the surface is, I just need to be more patient. Maybe it's not patience. Maybe it's the lack of trust. Because if we trusted more, we would relax more. If we trusted more, we wouldn't be scheming so much to get ahead. Think about how many plans you have in your head right now. This is very personal. Think about how many plans you have in your head. And if you trusted God more, you could rest in Him more versus being stressed about the future all the time. If we trusted God more, we would let Him do His work versus feeling like we had to do everything. And what God told me this week was, Scott, sometimes you're just a King Saul. Sometimes aren't we all just King Saul's? I thought things were falling apart. I didn't think things were going the trajectory I wanted. I didn't like where this was headed. So I went ahead and I took care of it. I wasn't sure if it would work out exactly how I had it in my mind, so I just took care of it. Can we ever admit maybe we are a bunch of King Saul's? Versus looking at Scripture and taking the challenge we see from writers like in, in, in the writers in Psalms where Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Or Psalm 38, 14, where it says, Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord, my God. Or, or Psalm 130, it says, wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than a watchman waiting for the morning. See, as I read the words of Paul, and he's like, listen, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. I look at my life and I look at your life because you didn't raise your hand and say you've got it worked out. That patience is not something that comes naturally to us. Waiting is not something that comes naturally to us, but it needs to be developed in us so we can live out everything that God has for our lives. The problem is, you know how patience has worked out? Being put in situations where we have to exercise patience. The only way patience is developed, the only way that our trust grows in God, the only way we can see the Holy Spirit develop in us what we need is if we just say, God, I really want to do something right now. 
I really want to take matters in my own hands right now. I'm frustrated. I am angry. I am, I'm just, I'm confused. And it just, it's all pouring on top of me right now. But I want to allow your patience to work. So I'm just going to sit and I'm going to trust. I'm going to sit and I'm going to trust. And you know what we'll receive on the other end is exactly what Paul talks about in Galatians 5 is we will receive the freedom that comes in Jesus because we haven't lived out our flesh. We've been living inside the spirit. That's why Paul says you have a choice how you're gonna live. You're gonna live in the flesh. You're gonna live in the spirit. The spirit wants to produce patience. The flesh wants to produce impatience, which gives worry, gives fear, gives, gives anxious, give, gives decision-making, just like we see King Saul in his life. Is I didn't want to lose the war. I didn't want to lose the battle, so I took matters into my own hands. And so you've got a choice to make. Do I trust God or do I trust myself? Do I trust God with my today? Do I trust God with my tomorrow? Do I allow God to do that process of refining in my life, to put me in situations that is going to test my patience, is going to test my trust? Do I allow that to happen so that what can be produced in me is the fruit of the Spirit? So that's the challenge today. We lean into the Spirit. We lean into God to build patience in us. But it does beg a question. How do we wait or be patient well? Begs the question, okay, Scott, if I'm going to go down this road, how do I wait well? How should I be patient well? And I thought this is how I'm going to walk down it is I want to be patient in obedience. We wait well when we are patient in obedience and how that plays out is God, I am gonna release my will to your will. How many times in a day do you wrestle with yourself of this is what I want to do versus maybe God wants to do something different? How we wait well is we wait in patience. We are, I mean, wait in obedience. We're patient in obedience. That maybe tomorrow when you feel that pull to take things in your own hands, when you feel like I've got to do something to make this happen, you sit in the seat of obedience where you say, God, not your will, not, not my will, but yours. God, I'm going to sit in the seat of obedience by saying, I want what you want for my life, not mine. And I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm not going to stew in just that, that emotion of, of, of lack of trust. I'm going to trust you that your will is going to play out in my life. The second thing I think we need to do is be patient in confidence. Here's what I mean. When we're patient in confidence, we stay positive about who God is and who we are to him, who he thinks we are, what he thinks of you. We can be patient in confidence when we know that nothing is too big for God. We know who he is. He can provide what needs to be provided in my life. 
I'll trust him with my life and I'll be confident in this because not only can he accomplish it, I know that I'm important to him. And this may be something that someone's struggling with. God, I do believe you're greater than everything, but have we grasped always how important we are to him ourselves? God, this isn't working out in my life. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Maybe you don't care. Noah waited 100 years. David waited 15, waited 15 years. Joseph waited 13 years. Abraham waited 25 years. The wait time does not tell us the love of God or not. The wait time may be doing something in our lives so it can prepare us for next. God can accomplish anything and you are important to him, which means we can wait in patience confidently. And then the last thing I think is we can be patient in anticipation. I do believe God's gonna work. God eventually brought rain God eventually made him king over Israel. God eventually brought Joseph to the influence that he said he was going to have in his vision. He eventually brought a son to Abraham, which he was the father of so many people. It eventually did happen, and we can wait with anticipation, being ready for what God has for next, because he does have something for us. Don't confuse a lack of it happening now as a lack of never happening. And today, I just wanted to be an encouragement to you. Patience is a tough thing. I told you, I got hammered this week for areas of my life that God just began to point out to me, Scott, this is where you're not being patient. This area of frustration, it's because of lack of patience. It's, it's a lack of trust. God, this, Scott, this area of your life that you are frustrated in, that you're confused in, that you just want something to happen you know, is because you have stopped trusting me. I still see it. I'm still the God over it. So trust me in it. I had to pray through this this week. Before I can come up and speak to you, I have to have a work in my own life, and I experienced it this week. So my challenge for you this week, my question for you this week, is will you trust God to do work in your life, even if it's not on your timeline? Will we trust God to do work in our lives, even though it's not on our timeline? If you're being patient, uh, impatient about something today, can we turn our impatience into trust? Can we turn this emotion that we see in King Saul's life that so many of us experience, can we turn that into trust that on God's timing, it's gonna work out because his timing is always purposeful. His timing is always precise, and his timing, I believe, is perfect. So maybe you have something you need to do this week. Maybe we need to trust God at a deeper level 
And when we do that, maybe we won't miss out on what he has for us because we begin to live in the, in the spirit versus the flesh. I wanna pray for us. Heavenly Father, you're at work in our lives. I don't doubt for a second that you are moving in our lives. But the reality is, is you don't move at the same pace we wish you would move sometimes. God, there are things in our families we wish you would move quicker in. God, there are things in relationship status we wish you would move quicker in. God, there's things at work that we wish you would move quicker in. God, there are places in our finances we wish you would work quicker in. But God, may that frustration, fear, whatever emotion we're feeling this morning, will you do a work in us that we can wait patiently because we trust in you. And God, that the work that the enemy wants to do to destroy us, will you do a more powerful work in us to grow us so we can live in the plan you have for our lives, one that I know is a plan to prosper us and to care for us, one that is built on a love for us and a work you want to do in the world through us. So grow our trust today, God. Speak to specific things that your people are feeling today and remind them you are there, you are bigger, and you love them. In your name we pray, amen. Will you stand with me today? I'm gonna read to you, as I have every day, every Sunday, the prayer that I'm gonna pray this week, and maybe you'd like to as well. It says this. God, thank you for another day I can be with you. I admit I am not great at waiting and being patient in life. I know you have a plan for my life and I want that more than my own. Help me trust you with everything I'm feeling and thinking today. Thank you for your patience with me as I learn to grow into who you've created me to be. Amen. So as you leave this week, leave with a deep trust that you are seen, you are not forgotten. Leave today with a deep trust that God is bigger than anything you're going through, but you leave with the trust that you will experience all he has for you in his timing, which is better than our own. And I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you next week. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.